Welcome to The Silver Screenings, a podcast dedicated to discussing those films celebrating their 25th anniversary. I'm Nate Myers, joined by Matt Peterson, as tonight we roll back to 1998's Godzilla. Matt, uh, hope you're doing well after watching Godzilla 1998 again. Uh, This was my suggestion, and you said no very resolutely when I first proposed it, and I'm curious... What changed that you then said yes? <laughs> Just, you know, my uh, my undying friendship, Nate. That's what changed. <laughs> so After I watching remember- this again, yeah. <laughs> That, there's been another change, I'm sure. Yes, the, the friendship That's what I'm died. trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, I. it's a good question. I, I, I just relented. You know, I, I thought to myself, I, I hadn't seen this since the theater, and I, w- I actually was honestly curious to, to see if, if my uh, enjoyment or lack thereof would have changed, and I can... I can say confidently that it has not changed. <laughs> so, it was terrible then, it's terrible now. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> so I will say this movie I had a really big build up to it. It came out for the Memorial Day weekend, uh, May 20th, 1998 when it was released and it had been a film that had been in production uh, for a while in terms of just, you know, kicking around ideas. TriStar got the the rights from Toho. Uh, to do a film adaptation for American audiences. And I think Jan DeBont was going to direct it at one point. He left the project. Then they they brought in Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, who were hot off of Independence Day. And so there was, I think, a lot of goodwill towards this film because uh, Independence Day was such a a huge hit and people really liked it, myself included. Uh, So I was kind of looking forward to seeing what a a new Godzilla film would look like with better special effects when it came out. I did not see it opening weekend. I don't know why, uh, why it didn't go, but uh, I saw it the second weekend. And by then my friends had already seen it in school and had uh, thoroughly trashed it and said how much they didn't like it. So I went into it with very low expectations uh, and wound up enjoying it actually quite a great deal. As I remember in the theater, (laughs) not think it was great, uh, and, and definitely seeing some problems, particularly the the baby Godzillas uh, were clearly a, a just a ripoff of the raptors from uh, the Jurassic Park movies. But nonetheless, I still found, a, found myself enjoying it. As a matter of fact, I have two very funny memories of seeing this film. This is I watching it again now is only, I think, the third time I've ever seen it. I saw it in that theater and. Everything was just normal, and then this family, this, this this older woman who obviously must have been there with grandchildren, came in a little late, sat in the row in front of us where we were watching it, and had the worst body odor you could imagine. Like, that crew, when they came in, it was just absolutely rank. Oh, boy. It's so bad that we actually had to get up and walk away to a different part of the theater uh, to, to be able to just be able to breathe. Uh, so, that's... <laughs> That's a, a memory I have from watching it the first time. Uh, so maybe that was also why I liked the movie. It was like, hey, as bad as it might be, it's not as bad as that smell. Um, <laughs> the other part the time I saw it was I was I was in Venezuela, and I, I got really bad sun poisoning. 
And so I was kind of just ba- uh, h- holding up in a, uh, a hotel uh, in a kind of uh, not a great neighborhood, not terrible, but not a great neighborhood. This is back when Hugo Chavez was was in control of, of uh, Venezuela. They were having a period of relative economic prosperity. So I'm sitting in this hotel room uh, with nothing I can do, having a little bit of a fever, feeling sick, feeling nauseous. And I just started flipping through the TV channels. Uh, it was like one propaganda channel with Hugo Chavez after another, uh, just talking about how great Venezuela was. Then I found some weird home shopping network channel in Venezuela. Uh, and then I found a, t- a TV station that broadcast old American movies. <laughs> and this was one of the movies that was on. So I was sitting there with sun poisoning in a hotel room in Venezuela uh, watching this movie. And that's uh, the second time I saw it. And I just remember at that time thinking, you know, the special effects are dated uh, when I was watching it there in, in Venezuela and watching it now this third time. Uh, they're still dated, but I kind of like them. I kind of you know found myself enjoying the, the back in the day when special effects and CGI in particular were kind of in their infancy and developing and how it was an event to go see special effects, whereas now it is not. Uh, so it was kind of a little bit of nostalgia, just thinking, ah, yes, a CGI uh, Godzilla, how interesting and uh, exciting it was to think that such a thing could exist, whereas today we don't care about it at all. Um, so that's that's those are my history uh, bits with this particular movie here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yes, it is not a particularly good movie. I have to I have to concede it is not a particularly good movie. As much as I still kind of find it as a guilty pleasure from the late 1990s. I, I thought you were going to say that Hugo Chavez like came on the TV proclaiming how great this film is and <laughs> and, and and i have to ask what, what... And therefore it will be watched by every venezuelan tonight <laughs> <laughs> exactly you will watch like, it and you will like it it's like a government yeah authoritarian mandate <laughs> but and, so that's the real reason why you picked this i i understand now um and, and it is sun poisoning heat stroke uh, it's kind of like heat stroke, except I think the sun poisoning is a little more like you're, you have horrible sunburn as well. Right. So it's not just the heat stroke, uh, but like my, my whole skin okay. was blistering and just, it was just all burned all over. Yeah. Well, that's, maybe that's why you enjoyed the film. You were delirious at the time. That doesn't explain why here in 2023, I still enjoy it though. <laughs> Well, my experience with this film is not not quite as uh, colorful. Yeah, I, I just I saw it in the theater, and I just remember being horribly disappointed by it. I, I actually, I actually remember kind of liking the redesign of Godzilla, as blasphemous as that may seem. Just the the character design I thought was kind of interesting, but it, it just seemed very clear to me that Roland Emmerich wanted to make a Jurassic Park movie, right? I mean, and that's kind of what we see here the film feels sort of like a big middle finger to steven spielberg in some ways or or just a big game of how can i one-up spielberg i mean even the poster the tagline is you know size does matter which is like (laughs) the immediate eye roll uh even even with the tagline 
And I think the Jaws dolly zoom shot makes at least two appearances in the film. And you mentioned the Raptor rip-off sequence. So, you know, watching this again, man, it's, it's, it's a rough one. I, I remember it being quite dumb, but not, not on this level. And and it's really, uh, gosh, it's a fine line. Cause I, I, I'm not one of these people that just bashes Roland Emmerich and whatever he does. Like I, there have been films he's made of like quite a bit, like Independence Day. I do enjoy that film. I like Stargate. I think that's a pretty strong film. Um, you know, he's done some things that I have enjoyed, but this, this one just feels very cynical in some ways too. And, and, and really feels very paint by the numbers in terms of the script. I mean, you even have just that classic scene of, I mean, how many times have you seen this scene, the, the scientist off working on something, then the government guy shows up and it's like, well, I'm working on this thing. Well, not anymore, you know, and then hard cut to a helicopter or whatever's happening. And, here we are again for the thousandth time. And how many times have you seen that scene in a Roland Emmerich film? It just, uh, the absurdity level is, is off the charts, but I mean, it is Godzilla, right? So it's like, what, what is Godzilla? And kind of reading back into the history of how this came about, it's pretty interesting. It sounds like, you know, these TriStar executives went over to Tokyo and they were, trying to sell this idea to Toho and they eventually got on board and it, it seems like they regretted it even to the point of <laughs> rebranding this iteration of Godzilla as just Zilla. They didn't want it called Godzilla cause they were so, well, I think in one of the, uh, uh, one of Toho's more recent Godzilla movies, they also took a shot at it saying that wasn't really Godzilla. That was just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was where they, they sub throw a line at some point. They felt deeply dishonored at some point, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, presumably during the, the first screening uh, of this film. And the the film is really Godzilla in name only, right? I mean, they, they do retain the origin story in some loose way that he came about from nuclear testing or radiation, which is really kind of the bedrock of the Godzilla character if you want to call him a character, I mean, he's, he's really this symbol for, you know, human, humanity's destructive tendencies, especially through the, the lens of nuclear weapons uh, at the end of World War II. So even though that element is retained very loosely here, that's kind of it, right, in terms of its connection to Godzilla of the past. And it really becomes a supercharged dinosaur destruction movie. Um so it's very odd also to have Matthew Broderick as your lead, you know? <laughs> With a Greek name. Yeah. Nick Tatopoulos. Well, th- there's a few running jokes in this movie that on paper they must have thought it was very funny, like Jean Renault having a problem with French roast coffee and, and yeah, the mispronunciation of Matthew Broderick's name and the, these sort of recurring jokes throughout the film that are never funny, but they keep showing up. And it's a very strange film because it doesn't feel like there's a strong lead in this movie, right? And and you could say, well, Godzilla's, you know, the lead. And, well, no, not really. I mean, Godzilla's like an animal in this movie and really nothing more. Um, he's not really depicted as a force of nature or, again, a, a symbol of something else 
more existential. And granted, you know, maybe this movie just doesn't have those ambitions, but then maybe it shouldn't be called Godzilla. Well, it's the old idea of the IP, right? I mean, I yeah. do hear your point that there's something kind of cynical at work here uh, with branding it and with wanting to have toys and, you know, the international appeal. And it should say, I mean, the film wound up being a success thanks to the international audience, right? So it it was underwhelming in terms of its box office performance, but still grossed $379 million worldwide. And I think that was about... Uh, you know, triple what it cost to make. So it wound up turning a profit. But like you said, bad, I mean, savaged by the critics. Uh, definitely not uh, well-received as terms of people really liking it. They went and saw it, but they didn't necessarily like it. I think they uh, were going to do a trilogy, and they abandoned that, and then they started doing a cartoon show in its place uh, as a way of trying to you know, just kind of keep recouping the fact that they paid all this money for the rights. Uh, but... It's, it's a movie that, you're right, It on paper seems like it'll be a lot better than it is. I think what I enjoy in watching it is the fact that it doesn't um, take itself too seriously. Uh, and that it has, despite its many misfires, uh, certain things about it that are just so crazy. Like you know, the mispronouncing of the name for Matthew Broderick that you go... Not sure why that was thought to be such a great joke uh, that I actually wind up kind of... It's like watching Norm MacDonald when he would bomb on a joke and you just kind of loved how he just kept going with the joke even though the audience totally rejected it. (laughs) That's kind of what I feel like watching this movie. It's like it's the Norm MacDonald of monster movies. There's some weird elements that show up too. Like the, uh, the mayor of New York is clearly meant to be... Roger Ebert, his assistant. Well, his assistant is Gene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's this, yeah. Another... I absolutely forgot about that. I'd totally forgotten about that. So did I, yeah. That came out of nowhere. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so on the Not nose. Not the least bit subtle. <laughs> yeah, it's so on the nose that I actually thought that was kind of funny because it was just so blatant. I actually went and looked up, uh, I looked up the Ebert review just to see what, did he say anything about it? And he said, if you're going to put us in a movie, could you at least let us be killed by the monster? <laughs> well, at least he did uh, have a sense of humor about it. But but there's, gosh, there's so much goofy stuff in this movie. I just kind of lost count. I mean, things like the um, the big pile of fish that they use to, to tempt Godzilla out into the open. And, and the, in these Roland Emmerich movies, there's always scenes and like military bunkers right where there's just all these like machines and devices around blinking lights you don't really know what they do and then then on the monitor there's this sort of crude schematic of the streets with this giant fish logo (laughs) right on the monitor (laughs) it's like somebody they got a programmer to go and specifically do that (laughs) just stuff like that it's just like ah or the the videotape with the first appearance of Godzilla, you know, written in red marker on the spine, top secret, you know. <laughs> it just, it comes across like a cartoon. And and it, kind of what I was getting to before, there's really this fine line. There's this fine line between dumb, you know, bloated blockbuster being enjoyable and it falling over into just such a level of absurdity that it becomes hard to enjoy. And, and for me, this one spills over into that that bad territory whereas i look at something like independence day which isn't 
really that far removed from this film in terms of its tone and, and some of the things that happen. Uh, for me, that film works. I mean, I, I think the, the script is just better constructed in general, but um, yeah, th- th- this was a tough one, man. Well, I guess that'll get us into our first question. And the hindsight is 2020 question. Did the critics and audiences get this movie right or wrong when it came out? I'm going to say they got it right uh, in that it is a disappointment. Yeah. It does not deliver on its potential. But I think they missed the potential for it to be a campy classic, right? I mean, there is something about this that it, it it's like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 films where you just go like, throw it in, make fun of it, laugh at the inconsistencies of the fact that New York City evidently has a massive, massive underground uh, system for sewers and and uh, tunnels that could fit a dinosaur into it. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just might, like, you could just sort of sit back and say, I'm just going to laugh with and at this movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I And we, we need to kind of look at this within the context of, you know, Godzilla as a film franchise. You know, that film franchise has just been all over the place tonally, right? I mean, there, there are plenty of Godzilla films that are basically comedies or they're so campy and so cheesy that they that they may as well be comedies so to say that Godzilla always needs to be treated as kind of this serious meditation is probably a bit disingenuous considering the history of the the franchise so it's not to say that Godzilla can't be goofy or can't be campy you know I'll never say that's the best iteration of Godzilla or the best incarnation, but to say that it can't ever be those things uh, is is probably not not the most truthful statement, right? Well, I think it's also good to think about this in terms of just late 1990s uh, blockbusters, yeah, right? Yeah, this is par for the course for a lot of the tone and the you know let's let's hit up the comedic elements here, right? Which we don't really put in our blockbusters anymore. I mean. There's some of it, but it's pretty drawn down. It's a lot more glum. The The look is a lot more cool in terms of the color tone and everything like that, right? So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a very different era for what we looked at for big tentpole films. And part of that's because it's a pre-9-11 era uh, where you didn't really feel the need to have it look realistic when buildings were getting smashed, yeah. you know? I mean... Uh, I think we all, you know, the the shot of the MetLife building where Godzilla has run through it and the building's still standing on the edges, but there's a big gigantic hole through it. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> you never would do a shot like that today, right? Because yeah. we all know, well, that building's coming down all around, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's just, it's it's an interesting difference uh, between the eras of filmmaking. And in its context, this isn't as bad, I think, as some people make it out to be. It definitely is dated, and it looks weird today for, I think, an audience coming to it right now. But it's, I think, you know, still, uh, they got it right. Not a great film, a disappointment, but damn it, I still like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Stranger Things nostalgia question. What has changed in our thoughts on this movie from when we first saw it? Matt, it sounds like nothing changed for you. Yeah, I I would agree with that. (laughs) I, I... I mean, I guess to elaborate a little bit, I, I I still think the 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 Godzilla design is not terrible. You know, it's 
there's there's been a lot of different versions, and it, that was one of the biggest criticisms. Uh, so I, I guess this isn't really something that's changed. I I thought the de- the design was kind of neat at the time, and I still think it's kind of neat, even though it is, does look like a big iguana or dinosaur versus what Godzilla normally looks like. But I, I kind of see what they were going for, just something that was more nimble, faster, just more menacing in that way versus more portly, slow-moving, lumbering Godzilla that we're, we're used to. Yeah, I, I would say that is something that has changed. Not that I had any strong opinions or like opposition to the idea that you could change the character design, but we live in a world today where fan service and not doing anything that bothers a fan base is so huge. Yeah. I actually liked watching a film that back in the day when studio execs, and I know they, they, they did bring this to Toho and they, they let them take a look at it and they signed off on doing this the character design differently. But I just thought to myself, man, that is kind of cool to think that there was a time period when you could make a movie and people weren't sitting there like, well, don't possibly hurt somebody's feelings about a thing they used to watch as a kid, yeah. you know, uh, that that part of me actually was really uh, something I enjoyed watching this again, is that, wow, you could just make a movie back in the day. You didn't wonder what Twitter was going to do. Uh, and th- you couldn't ever do that today, right? You'd have to be, nope, this is the, God, the, the Godzilla design, and you have to do it exactly this way because, God forbid, we should try something different ever. Uh, so I do, I do appreciate that, which I would not have thought of 25 years ago when it came out and the walt kowalski get off my lawn question what would gen z think if this movie were released today i think we already hit on it twitter would tear it apart for just the simple character design change uh after that i don't think it would matter but i think a lot of people would be definitely pointing out that every character in it is white and they would be bothered by that today uh compared to when it came out yeah, the diversity element would definitely come up. Uh, the, yeah, the character design change would be a big problem for sure. I I, I don't think it'd be very well received. I, I I think I mean people are are used to excessive CGI and destruction and whatnot, so that element does not seem as impressive as it as it did back in in ninety eight. But I, I do have to say, I did think the visual effects held up a bit better than I expected. I mean, you can definitely tell Godzilla's CGI and, you know, that he's running through miniature buildings and whatnot. But uh, for for the time it was made, uh, you know, I, I don't think it looks terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would say I, I expected the special effects to look a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, when we when I was sitting down to watch this again, and it they hold up much better. Um, but I think you're right. An audience today would not like this movie for a number of different reasons. And I think harder to be just that we've had a couple of other Godzilla films that have come out since then, and none of them have been really well received. I mean, they aren't really huge things for Gen Z. I think uh, the monster movie doesn't seem to have an audience anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like Godzilla just as a franchise never really quite landed in the U.S., you know, like it didn't, did in Japan. I mean, it always has been sort of a cult following or had a cult following. And even these, yeah, the newer iterations, the Gareth Edwards and uh, what Godzilla King of the Monsters, they, they did a Godzilla versus Kong movie, right? I haven't seen that one. Didn't seem to quite perform to the level that the studios wanted either. Yeah, Americans seem to like big monkeys. You know, like King Kong is always a hit. 
Yeah. But uh, radioactive monster with fire breath, that's just a step too far for us. Yeah. Uh, the Kevin Feige franchise question. Does this movie deserve a belated sequel? So I tried to look up to see what would the sequel have been because they had planned a trilogy for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't find much on it, but it sounded like the sequel was going to still bring back uh, Matthew Broderick, Jean Renault, and some of the other characters. Which, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention... Um, the fact that there's a ton of Simpsons characters in this uh, Simpsons act. I was going to bring that up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hank Azaria, Harry Shearer, uh, even Nancy Cartwright has a little cameo yeah. uh, in this. So it's uh, kind of, you know, another little bit of nostalgia. Uh, back when the Simpsons were culturally quite dominant. Uh, so I enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, so I didn't really see what they were going to do with it uh, as far as like an actual planned proposed sequel. But if you were to try to make a sequel out of this, they obviously had the teaser at the end with the baby raptor uh, that would have been there. And I think it would have been absolutely awful. So I am thrilled that it did not get a sequel. Yeah, sequel, uh, not necessary. <laughs> it sounds like they they were pretty, well, I don't want to say far along, but uh, really planning to do a Godzilla 2 and... I don't know, they, they just sort of lost interest in it. But uh, there have been several other Godzilla films, uh, and the ones we talked about, but in Japan in particular. Um, Sheen Godzilla, which came out a few years ago, I, I would recommend to anyone interested in Godzilla if they haven't seen it. Uh, I, I suppose if you are interested in Godzilla, you've probably seen it by now. Uh, that's that's a pretty interesting interpretation of... of um, the monster and and the franchise in general a little bit more satirical right yeah very much so uh it's kind of a, a a satire in big government in many ways which is interesting and of course i should do a little plug for the criterion chat uh we did an episode on the original 1954 godzilla which was released by the criterion collection so uh, for anybody listening to this go and check out our feed for the criterion chat uh, you can look up our episode on Godzilla, but there's plenty of other episodes we've done there. So leave us a review. And if you like this podcast, please also leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, sh- share it with your friends. Uh, help us to grow our audience. We'd appreciate it very much. So, Matt, good talking with you. We'll follow up next month, and uh, we'll have to figure out, I guess, what movie we want to do next. Probably something better than Godzilla. It won't be hard. 